Hello and welcome to the Trial Talk podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Hartley, and I'm a Science Communications Officer at the MRC Clinical Trials Unit at UCL. In this show, we explore the clinical trial landscape by talking to the clinicians and researchers behind the work we do. If you're interested in learning how our research can help improve healthcare in the UK and around the world, this is the podcast for you. Running a clinical trial means collecting a lot of data from the trial participants, but some of this data might be collected and stored in healthcare systems, as well as in the clinical trial case report forms. But what if we could reduce this doubling up, save time and resources, improve recruitment, and reduce missing data? In this episode, we're exploring the opportunities and challenges of using healthcare systems data in clinical trials. I'm speaking with two trial methodology researchers from the MRCCTU, Dr. Macy Murray and Professor Matt Sides. So I'm Macy Murray. I'm a senior research fellow at the MRC Clinical Trials Unit at UCL. And my area of research is in trial conduct methodology. In particular, I have expertise in the use of routine data or healthcare systems data. Hi, so I'm Matt Sides. I'm Professor of Clinical Trials and Methodology here at the MRC Clinical Trials Unit. And my area of interest is improving the way that we deliver uh, clinical trials, how we can make the conduct of clinical trials better. Great. And to begin, could you explain what we mean by healthcare systems data and why do we use that term? Okay, so healthcare systems data is data that's collected in interactions between participants in trial and their healthcare provider, wherever they may be, which end up in some healthcare system, an electronic health record, an electronic patient record, whatever you want to call it. And whether that's at the GP or whether that's in secondary care, and that information being collated somewhere where it can then be used for research, accessed and used for research. And many people might use the term routinely collected data, sometimes here real world data. I like healthcare systems data as a term though, because there's plenty of things that happen because somebody's in a trial. You have an extra scan, you have an extra blood test. There's a place to record that in the records, in the electronic health record, in the healthcare system data set, but it didn't happen because of something routine. It, it happened because the person was in trial. So I think the term healthcare systems data set is a really helpful one here. We'll, we'll bounce around between them. Marion Matham in Oxford uh, introduced me to that term. She may even have coined it. I'm never entirely sure, but I think it's a really helpful term, healthcare systems data. So this data collected by healthcare providers, how are you using this in relation to clinical trials? Healthcare systems data links to clinical trials in in the way that the information we want for clinical trials is is usually information that's going to be collected anyway. The things that we are measuring to see whether a treatment or an intervention has worked better are usually, very commonly, also information we collect in routine practice, in, in, in daily interactions. So you think there's this great overlap. The tradition has been that data for a clinical trial are collected on a paper case report form. You're very often taking information from the healthcare records and, and transcribed across. And so you know, a lot of the information we want for the trial is actually in the healthcare systems already. It would be great if we could take that information. Now, not everything we want for a trial is actually in that healthcare system, 
patient reported outcome measures, for example, certain scans or tests may not be in there already. Um, and not everything in the healthcare system data set is actually stuff that we need to know about for the trial, the full medical history, other things that people have got going on in detail at the same time, we don't necessarily need to know, but there is an overlap. And that's really what we want to focus on. Ideally, we focus on growing that overlap too, but, but building on the overlap that already exists is the important one for now. Macy, could you explain how clinical trials might benefit from using healthcare systems data? Yes, sure. So um, I think we're really fortunate in the UK in that we have a national health service, which means that in healthcare systems data, we can capture even hold histories of patients um, and we can follow that those patients using that data. And because it's a rich source of clinical and healthcare information and it's often coded using clinical terminologies, um, the other thing is, you know, this data is collected often in near real time and it's being curated, uh, hopefully in a, in, a, in a very controlled and, and uh, in a good standard. We can then use that data to, to identify the patients that we want in the trial. We can have a more representative group of the potential trial participants. So there are often groups that are underrepresented in trial um, populations those of low socioeconomic backgrounds, low educational attainment, um, the LGBTQ plus uh, groups, um, and black and minority groups as well. So it, it allows us to then identify patients in those groups and, and invite them to, to join the trial. We can also ensure we have more complete follow-up. Um, so if a, a patient is treated in hospital, it's not their usual one, not their local one, Maybe they're on holiday somewhere and they have a stumble when they're out for a walk and they go to A&E. Then at least that data is recorded and then it can be captured by the trial team if they're looking at national data set to find follow-up data. So this helps to minimise attrition, helps to keep patients in the, in the trial, um, reduces the amount of missing data as well. So that's really good. Um, and then one of the other potential benefits is about reducing staff time at sites to not only identify patients, but collect the trial data on those case report forms for the trial. So instead of doing that, if we can use the uh, healthcare systems data instead, that can save time and money at sites. And it can also reduce the transcription errors we might have in case report forms too. So one really high profile trial that used this data was the recovery trial, which was run out of Oxford to test treatments for COVID-19. Could you tell us a bit more about how this data fit into the trial design? So recovery was it's um, it was a trailblazer, you know, pioneer in using healthcare systems data, um, and it it um, it was pretty amazing in that they had one um, CRF page, which was completed by trial by the site staff, and then they had a simple follow up form, and then the rest of the data came from healthcare systems data, and uh, Matt just alluded to Marion Maffin. Um, in Oxford, she uh, was responsible for uh, the healthcare systems data for the trials. So that was 25 data sets from five different data providers in the UK, which you can imagine is a huge amount of work, not just selecting which data sets are, the, are appropriate, which data fields, agreeing the approach to how to use that data. And then it's also applying for that data and managing those data sharing agreements as well as then dealing with the data as it comes in. So, uh, you know, it's unlikely we will see a, a lot of trials that are completely data enabled in the way that the recovery trial was, um, especially in the near future, because there are some issues that we have 
some barriers that we have to overcome with using healthcare systems data. But I'm hoping that, you know, with the recovery trial, that that landmark trial will help us to see actually it's, it's quite advantageous to use that type of data. We still aren't quite there, um, but we're moving along in the right direction. So Macy makes really good points about what recovery was was able to do and how to use the data, and it is a, a really notable example. The, the community perhaps has a perception there were some doors open to the data for recovery because of the circumstances that they've been able to, 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 to go through open doors for for all of us we need to make sure stay open uh, as well so they've shown that data can be used in a practice cl- changing clinical trial you know, in they had access to data with a with a speed very few people have been able to get close to in the past recovery was a unique trial in that it was dealing with an urgent health issue by the covid pandemic that needed results quickly and so doors were open much more quickly um, and easily for the recovery trial as a result, which facilitated that data being able to be used. So while we have this high profile example, it's not actually very common for clinical trials in the UK to use healthcare systems data generally. Yeah, it hasn't been that common, no. So we ran a review from MRCCTU a couple of years ago now. Sarah Lenson, when she was with us, was was a lead for that. And we went off and, and reached out to holders of, of routine data, of healthcare systems data, and asked them about instances where they're given data for trials. We found something just short of 150 trials that appear to have accessed healthcare systems data between about 2013 and 2018. One's question should be, is that a big number? Is 150 a big number? And the answer is no, not even close in terms of the number of trials that the UK was doing. Uh, Tim Clark and, and myself and Rich Wissentowski were involved in a study where we had access to the Health Research Authority's uh, applications from 2015. And there we think there was about 900 clinical trials went to ethics committee in just in that one year. So what we anticipate is the number of trials that we're getting routine data, healthcare systems data, between 2013 and 2018 was probably less than 5%. There was a review left from Liverpool a couple of years later that looked at applications for clinical trial funding to the National Institute of Health Research. And there about half of the applicants were saying that they were going to get routine data. They were going to use healthcare systems data in the trial. There was a disconnect between what historically we could see people doing and certainly within those NIHR funding applications, what people were intending to do. So it's an upward slope. There's lots of learning, that there's lots of lessons that the trials community needs to learn to be able to do this successfully. We've touched on the challenges a bit already, but could we discuss in a bit more detail what might stop researchers using healthcare systems data in clinical trials, even if they might want to? Um, So there's data access, timeliness, there's the data integrity, as well as the data validity or relevance. So the first one is about data access. So often it's a stringent application process. It takes time. There are changing requirements. We have to ensure that when we apply for data, it's within the legal framework of data protection. So you have to give certain security assurances about the data, how you'll handle it, as well as how you fulfill the common law duty of confidentiality. So do you have explicit consent from participants? So because it's unclear as to what is suitable wording uh, for patients to consent to, we have a PhD studentship um, and 
that's starting in October and the student's going to investigate that and hopefully talk to uh, lots of different people, data providers, as well as uh, the patients and the public to find out what they, they think is suitable wording. And in addition to, to that, data access can also be costly. So it depends on the number of data sets you're, you're asking for, the frequency of your data disseminations, and also whether the sponsor needs to onward share that data because maybe they're part of a larger consortium and so need to share it with other organisations. And there's a paper that uh, I was co-author, Matt was co-author on, uh, by Archie McNear uh, about the experience of accessing data from three different data providers. And some of the pain points are described in there. And essentially, we need better guidance on how to apply for data access from the providers themselves. Um, and we also need to know about the participant-facing materials that we give to patients about using their data. Is it good enough? Do they understand what it says? Are they able to give adequate consent? And we also need funders of trials to provide enough funding for us to be able to use healthcare systems data in trials. And then I can talk about timeliness. Um, so with that, there are several issues. There's lag time in data updates in particular. Uh, and some, some data sets are uh, updated every week. So they're really almost near real time. Um, but others can be 12 to 18 months behind. That's really not useful if, for instance, you want to confirm the eligibility of your participants um, or you are looking for safety events. Um, so because safety events have to be handled in such a short defined period and we have to report these when we to the MHRA or um, the Ethics Committee. And then the, the issue about data integrity. So are the data consistent, accurate, reliable or complete? How has the data been handled by the data provider to form the curated data set? Does it look similar to the original data or have they done something funny to it? So we need custodians or providers of the data to document how they've managed that data and the quality of the data that they manage to make sure that uh, they are integral and reliable and complete so they can be used in trials. And then finally, just to touch about data relevance or data validity. So this is about, is the data fit for purpose? Is it clinically relevant for the outcome you want to measure in your trial? Does it have diagnostic value? So we have to remember the context in which healthcare systems data is collected. It's usually for patient care or management or reimbursement, so administration. Um, so it's not really collected for research. So we have to think about that, um, that it might not always be complete. It might not um, capture the information you requiring your trial. And this is why we need the, these data utility comparison studies, uh, which we call DUCs, that we've been doing within the unit. So validity is often used with the term relevance, fitness for purpose. So maybe we should say the terminology is not used consistently from one organisation to another. So many of the same words do appear with slightly different meanings, uh, which isn't necessarily... Um, yeah, unexpected in, in relatively young fields. So you might turn to something like the data utility framework that Health Data Research UK put together, which is a wonderful and comprehensive document. Earlier on in the conversation, we talked about how we might use healthcare systems data, and we talked about it both for recruitment, identification, reaching out to potential participants or re you know, highlighting with GPs, with hospital doctors, which patients they might want to reach out to, and then using within the trial itself. And I think the challenges associated with those are 
are potentially quite different. You know, that issue, as Macy said, around consent, that's once you know the person is already in the study, you know, and we can resolve those issues. So the challenges around recruitment, identification of patients, I do think are somewhat different. Once you into the trial, those issues, as Macy said, of, of accessing the data of that, of that data integrity, of knowing what the data are, of knowing, of, of having timely data, of having the utility of the data, of knowing they match up well, and then the, the, the issues of the retention and data sharing. And there is an opportunity here. Health Data Research UK as a National Institute for Health Research is, is really interested in, in making sure that healthcare data can be used, not just for clinical trials, but for healthcare data generally. And they're interested to build capacity and capability. So just going back slightly to something you mentioned about the data utility, um, the data utility comparison studies or DUCs, what exactly are you looking at here? So the main aim of the data utility comparison studies, these duck studies we talk about, is so that um, we want to understand, is the routine data suitable uh, to replace some or all of trial-specific data collection? So that's what we're checking for. Often in these studies, we're comparing the level of agreement, which we call concordance, between the trial-specific data and the healthcare systems data. And it's usually or mainly outcome data we're interested in. So we've looked at death. Um, but we are also looking at other information such as safety events, such as hospitalizations or treatment, so chemotherapy, radiotherapy. And the main purpose is to check if this information recorded in the healthcare systems data for the data of interest is actually relevant, appropriate and sufficiently complete. There's a number of ways that, that these data utility comparisons can be done. That can be done at sort of a at a patient level at a participant level where you're looking to see whether a particular event or a particular point of interest is recorded was captured both on the trial specific data collection and if it was collected in the routine data or whether it was only in one or only in the other one might hope or expect that there will be really good agreement or, or more events in the in the routine data the other is to look at the treatment effects. Do you capture the same treatment effect through those same approaches, even if you don't have exactly the same number of events or the same number of events, but they don't happen on exactly the same number of days? We need a number of these. Very often they're looking backwards and people may say, but we don't collect data in quite that way any longer. And therefore your results are out of date. So we want the data to be as contemporaneous as possible uh, on these. But and also just because we get great agreement doesn't mean that we continue to get great agreement in the future. We need to make sure that we've got a, a series of these put together, a sense of that sort of patchwork that can sew together some of this information to either give us a reassurance or to go back to the data providers and say, this is why it doesn't work for us at the moment. What can we do about this? Or to go back to trial teams and say, actually, the components of your outcome measures you're looking at aren't routinely captured at the moment. What do you want to do about that? Because it may be what they need to do is change their outcome measures to be ones that you can capture out of routine data. Are there any examples of trials you've used for data utility comparisons? Well, I was wondering about talking about UK CTOX, because UK CTOX, uh, the trial looking at uh, ovarian cancer screening, and they were able to show that ovarian cancer um, breast and endometrial cancers were well recorded using the hospital episode statistics data. Um, and also the death data was um, really good quality. 
um, and they were able to identify deaths very well from that data set, the a civil registration of death. Um, and, and a number of other trials have also looked at death. So we know that civil registration death data is really good quality, timely data. I can also talk about shift. Not a trial that was run in the unit, um, but this in particular was looking at self-harm events in adolescents following family therapy or treatment as usual. And what they did was they sent um, researchers to the hospitals um, and they sifted through the records to see if these adolescents had attended for self-harm events. And what they found was when they compared it to the A&E data from hospital episode statistics, um, even though the A&E data actually recorded more attendances um, than the researchers who physically went through the records, they weren't able to identify specific self-harm events. A lot of the um, visits were coded as unclassified. Um, so the, we know from that that the HES uh, A&E data set is not very good for this sort of work. So the coding is well known to be substandard and as a result, it was it. They stopped collecting it in HSC school, and they moved on to a new method of collection. And it was reborn as the emergency care data set. I guess it also depends on what kind of data you're looking at. So, is it because with deaths, it's very objective if someone's died or they haven't? So the data is more likely to match up. But then with something like the self harm records, it's a lot more subjective. And there's more room for people to interpret the event in different ways. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right with that, Charlotte. So the more objective the, the, the point that you're looking at, the more likely it is to be well recorded. And so that's definitely the case for, for survival. You know, legally, deaths have to be recorded. One of the comparisons that we're working on at the moment is looking at radiotherapy. Radiotherapy is a commonly used treatment for plenty of people with, with cancer. And now many of the fancy machines that, 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 are, that are commonplace around the UK, the data get entered into the national radiotherapy data directly from the machine. So presumably that's data that we should be able to use. But what we want is that reassurance to do a couple of these comparisons in a couple of settings and be sure there's that good match. But anything that's a bit more subjective, I think it's going to take a while longer for us to be able to get there. So hitting maybe the objective outcome measures or hitting the objective recordings first might be a priority for these sort of comparisons. And obviously doing this work relies on data from trials. So what can the clinical trials community do to help you? Well, we definitely need more of these duck studies because um, we don't know which routine data can be used. And there's lots of different data sets uh, around the UK, which ones can be used in, in place of different trial outcomes. Um, so it's really, we know, as I said before, that death is really well recorded, but we also need to know about other uh, outcomes um, in other disease areas. And so if you are, have access to trial data and healthcare systems data, maybe you're using it as part of a pilot, then, um, then if you do a comparison study to check for the utility, you could get a crocheted duck as a reward from me. And I've got lots of different sizes. I've been crocheting like mad. You can get a giant soft squishy one. You can get a smaller desk-friendly companion, or you can actually have a tiny lapel adorning one. I strongly encourage each of you to look at the uh, pictures of ducks that she's been tweeting. So I tweet at uh, Dr. Maker Baker, and it's Maker Baker because I'm a maker, baker, and a cake decorator. 
Yes, so if you're using healthcare systems data in your clinical trial and want to collaborate on a data utility comparison study, then get in touch with Macy and you can have your very own crocheted duck. We'll put a link to find out more information in the episode description. And I believe you have some talks coming up on this topic as well. So we're running a workshop on our ducks um, studies in Stampede. Um, but the aim of the workshop also is to help others to do their own duck studies. We're running this on June the 29th at the CTU. So you can also listen to my webinar on data integrity, which I gave for the BHF Data Science Centre last November, and that's on YouTube. Anybody interested in these areas is, is very welcome to uh, join up with the Health Informatics for Trials Working Group for the Trials Methodology Research Partnership. Uh, just drop us a note and we'll link people into uh, there as uh, the community comes together. Similarly, HDI UK, as part of its new Transforming Data for Trials work, will also be reaching out to the community, working together with TMRP and, and, and others. Really think that the better use of routine data, better use of healthcare systems data is, is one of the ways in which we should be able to transform the way that clinical trials are, are done and delivered. And that's, uh, that's much needed and, and a really important step. Thanks to Matt and Macy for coming on the podcast. We've put links to some resources mentioned in the podcast description. Thanks everyone for listening. That's it from us. But we'll see you again for the next episode of Trial Talk.